WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Scott Walker. Time right now, 8.17 on this Tuesday morning, today the 29th of March. And in studio with us this morning, we have Darren Gore with the City of Murfreesboro. And you are the Assistant City Manager of the city. Uh, how are you this morning? Doing great. Thank you very much. Yeah, beautiful day out there. Awesome uh, day. Walked over here from that, City Hall. So That's a yep. long hike. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the big things happening right now in the City of Murfreesboro? Because it seems like... There's so much going on. I mean, there's development everywhere you look. I mean, there's just a lot happening. Uh, yes, uh, that's that's. It reminds me back in, uh, I guess, around the 2005 and six levels of, of activity around the city. We really uh, have have kind of hit another boom uh, of development, and uh, it puts a lot of stress on staff. But I think we're handling it and doing a doing a good job. Um, I can go through a few things that I think would be of interest to the community. Um, the redevelopment over on first, the first Methodist property, uh, one East College. Uh, the contractor has actually made an application for a foundation permit uh, to start work on the parking garage. So several weeks of foundation works needed uh, to keep that project moving. Uh, but we, we expect that work to start soon. So I know everybody's real interested in that that redevelopment downtown and, and that parking garage that they'll be building there is that going to be an open to the public garage or i believe so it? i think it's going to be it's going to be uh obviously for the there's pro, there's probably going to be a section for folks that are living there and there's going to be a public component of that parking as well and i know one of the the big deals with that whole development was the city wanted to make sure that the old bell tower was still going to remain intact and they're I guess incorporating that into everything they're doing. Right. They went through a very um, robust, I guess, uh, uh, submittal process where they demonstrated how they were going to maintain that tower into the design of the development. So everybody got to see the 3D renderings and got to see kind of the, you know, now with CAD you can do kind of a a fly over and yeah. a walk around and so it's really cool um but yeah that's that that bell tower is still there it's going to be there so the the auditorium area that you know was a sanctuary originally is that going to be intact as well and and do you have any ideas on how that's going to be used I, I don't know uh i don't know the exact particulars on that on that air in that space inside uh the church but the old church but i i can get back to you um, I've got. I will say this. I've got a team of folks right now that are supposed to be texting me answers <laughs> when I when I when I run up against something I don't know. So maybe somebody will text me on that particular item. Of course, that that development is really, you know, it, it, it looks a lot different today compared to just a year ago. It, I mean, there's nothing there as far as the old classroom space. It, it's just totally gone. So right. I guess the next step, like you were saying, will be that foundation work. Right. Yeah, it's uh, the parking. The parking garage is first, and again, that that was just one of those projects that that you know we've been waiting and waiting, and then it was building a little momentum. Then we had the 
2020 and 2021 with the COVID, and that just kind of stopped everybody in their tracks. So I think it's starting to get back on track, and hopefully we'll see more progress here in the next year or two than we've seen in the past five. Obviously, it's been been slow. And in the downtown Murfreesboro area with the idea of daylighting Town Creek, which starts over there around Murphy Springs, right. uh, that is going to be another future project that's really going to make the entrance, I think, to downtown Murfreesboro beautiful. Yes. Uh, I know we, that, we acquired that property some time back and demol- demolished the old Kentucky Fried Chicken uh, restaurant that was there and that that one is the, uh, phase one is really from the Murphy Springs over to Church Street uh, and we've got a, we've actually tied the permitting to that to our Cherry Lane phase two if we daylight that that creek we get credits wetland credits that we can apply towards road construction where we may disrupt a, a wetland type area so we're working phase one which is really from the murphy springs to church street and then uh uh, phase two is going to be from church street over to cannonsburg the 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 neat thing about that recently is that the arpa funds the american rescue plan act uh, we do have earmarked about nine million dollars to fund that project to daylight town creek and i think once you see that daylighted and it's going to kind of be a linear park. Uh, it'll really, I think, facilitate some redevelopment over there uh, on the other side of, of Broad, between Broad and Church. So when you look at that daylighting of the Town Creek all the way over to Cannonsburg Village, you're talking about, well, right now, if we look out the back window of the radio station, there, there's some small businesses there that have since shut down. Uh, so that'll be, I mean, it's going to really be pretty. I, I think it's going to be, I mean, the Again, you go through the concept phase first and you kind of do some renderings and you try to create a vision for what you want to construct and then you can move into the construction uh, and bid documents and then actual the actual building of it. But the ARPA funds have a uh, – ARP funds, really, uh, they've got a deadline. So the project has to be committed by the end of 2024 and we've got to have it built by the end of 2026, December of 2026. So – uh, if we're going to use those funds, which are effectively um, the rescue plan uh, funds, which is just a, a, a grant more than anything from the federal government, uh, that's going to have to happen here in the next few years. So it'll it'll be exciting to see, and I think it'll create, and I use this term too much, it's an old 90s term, but a synergy, right? It'll create a synergy uh, downtown that maybe will prompt some some of those, some folks, attract some folks to come in and, and redevelop some areas around um what has been maybe uh, an area that needs to be redeveloped? You know, it, it sounds like South Church Street right there abroad, it's going to be shaping up to almost be the main entrance into the downtown square area. Right. Well, I know we've got plans also um, where the old city hall is, which is really the fire uh, administration and the water and sewer or the water resources engineering department and actually where i'm located over at the water resources admin building on the corner of broad and vine i know there's some some ideas for redevelopment in that area right next to city hall uh and they're talking about a pedestrian bridge from from that redevelopment area and actually a walk a walking pedestrian bridge over to the cannonsburg area so that you create that linkage between really the square the downtown square over into the cannonsburg area 
So if all of that, yeah, if all of the, the daylighting of the Town Creek, uh, South Church and Broad and that particular area over on the Cannonsburg side, and then if you're talking about a, a significant redevelopment here next to City Hall and taking out some old uh, some old buildings that are, that are uh, probably at the end of their their useful lives honestly it'll it'll be a uh, it'll just rejuvenate uh, the downtown area it'll be, it'll be a really nice like i hate to use a gateway because we've got a gateway but it'll be yeah. a really nice entrance into downtown well really i south church is because of i-24 being right there at the exit of uh, not only highway 99 but the exit on south church street of i-24 it really makes it easy to access the downtown area from South Church Street. Right, right. Um, we're excited about it. It's been a vision uh, ever since we did some studies uh, and called it the, the Historic Bottoms area. And that, that planning study was done several years ago. And it that did, again, try to create that conceptual vision of how we wanted to see this area redevelop um, to attract business, to attract tourism. Uh, that's what we're about. We want to see people come back to downtown and there to, there to be uh, walkability, right? So they could, that you don't have these large roads that get in your way. We're talking about pedestrian bridges and just create again that, 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 that downtown vibe where everybody wants to kind of come and hang out. Again, Darren Gore with us this morning with the city of Murfreesboro, the assistant city manager. Now, back when the studies were first done about the bottoms area, I know a lot of public input came into play. And one of the things that folks spoke out about was the need for maybe an outdoor venue of for entertainment, like a like an outdoor concert venue almost. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I th- that, that may have been more in the area. There was another study, and I can't re- recollect it offhand. It was over uh, on Main Street and, and looking at a lot of that area closer maybe to the university but, or between downtown and, and MTSU. I think there, was a, there may have been an idea to have something like that in that particular area. Um, I, I want to recollect, and this may have just been me – being involved with some of those studies to talk about that that big vacant space right there that used to be the old uh, medical uh, the hospital that's right so I don't know if that's still in the plans or if we're still working that plan so actively but yeah that there's definitely we that would be another great venue to 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 have a draw and attract folks um, to the downtown area but we need the parking so uh, we're going to be hopefully gaining that parking so people can when they do get here they've got a place to park i know one of the things that i read about in uh, some of the city council minutes was installing a new turn lane on south church at broad street Uh, again right there in the entrance of the downtown square area Uh, and that's going to be close well across the street from that new opening of town creek right um yeah i know chris griffith our uh, Public Works Executive Director has been very active in, in developing plans to alleviate what we're calling hot spots, where we do have intersections that can benefit from a new turn lane or if we can add a new through lane. So I know that we've uh, identified a lot of those hot spot areas and where we have some congestion. And Chris has done a great job of, of getting smaller scale contracts out there just to do some interchange, some intersection work to help alleviate some problems. I think I think the public's been pretty pretty happy with uh, a lot of that work.
Now, in the downtown Murfreesboro area, we have had talks before with, or not we, but the city of Murfreesboro has had talks, I believe, with different hotel groups who wanted at one point before COVID hit to open small boutique or a small boutique type hotel in downtown Murfreesboro. And I know one of the areas was over there closer to city tile and floor covering, uh, but that all kind of just fell by the wayside when the pandemic started. So what are we looking at now as far as ideas of downtown Murfreesboro hotels? Well, that area I just kind of mentioned earlier, kind of the old where the old city hall resides and where the water resource admin building resides, we're, that would be the discussions of a boutique hotel have been mentioned in that type of redevelopment in that area. It doesn't mean it has to be in that area but yeah i think a downtown uh, the city's very interested in trying to attract or garner a a small boutique hotel downtown that would i know i've been in uh, other cities before where they had that type of option and it's been it's a different experience when you get to stay in an old historic part of town in a nice little hotel that's not kind of part of your chain hotels not, to, not not anything against them we love hotels we want as many hotels that we can get in Murfreesboro but but that small boutique's more intimate and uh we're trying to attract that for sure I think the last time there was an actual hotel in the downtown Murfreesboro area w- would have been I guess the Polk Hotel which uh, I was reading online looks like it officially was uh, shut down in 1977 or torn down 1977 or thereabouts wow but it opened in 1929 uh, where SunTrust bank is today yep yep i think the interstate system obviously had a big effect on the small downtown i mean 41 used to be the corridor right between i guess chicago and miami and once the interstate system came in that's where all the travelers tended to want to spend their overnight stay so i think that hurt a lot of the old historic downtown motels i i think it would do a lot for the downtown nightlife the downtown on the weekends sure. if we had something like that and if we also had more living space and of course that area of first methodist church that is going to be living space mixed with what retail restaurants right. offices yeah the 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 mix between commercial and residential seems to be kind of that 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 trend that tradition you know it used to be and i'm probably outside of my subject matter expertise here but i know when i was in kind of more planning elements it was a traditional neighborhood design i'm sure there's a new term now that's replaced that but where you have a mix and and you want people to to be able to to really yeah just walk to 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 get to their you know the their buying uh, their goods and services needs and uh, not living that far away and trying to integrate all of those things together and i think again um, you just have to have an investor that's willing to come in and the market has to be right and the city obviously has to be amenable to the design and it has to fit with the character of Murfreesboro and and we have to you know I'm sure there are going to be some incentives that the development community is going to want to see from the city as far as you know maybe a TIF a tax incentive financing type situation and so you got to get all that all those things have to align and somebody be willing to kind of take that risk and and we're we're actively we've got a great economic development group i know sam huddleston and gary whitaker those guys are constantly out there kind of i hate to call it fishing but they're out there throwing out um 
lures to try to see if we can attract folks to come in and 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 do those type of projects with us another big item that has been discussed is the area over there around highway 99 and the new costco where there's also a, a huge rv dealer but the continuance of that new road, I think it's BZ Road, going right. over to, well, over Stones River and over to River Rock Boulevard. Right. Yeah, that's that's a real, that's a, a, a significant project. I think that the city would, would is, is the primary funding uh, agency for that, and that is to create that east-west connection without having an interchange so that it does kind of give local traffic more of an option to get to, to across the interstate without having to go through an interchange so that's that's one of those um bigger projects that we hope to i know it's in it's it's being designed and uh i know there's a there's a lot of uh, hydraulic analysis and working with tdot in order to get a bridge over not only an interchange but also over a river corps of engineers will be involved so a lot of permitting a lot of modeling to show what the flood uh, you know where how high the the bridge needs to be and the the, the connection but the 30,000 foot overarching deal is is that's going to help alleviate a lot of the traffic around the interchanges there at, uh, you know old fort and salem highway again with us this morning assistant city manager darren gore again with the city of murfreesboro if you have any questions this morning you can text those questions in or call us at 615-893-1450 one of the other big items that I know has been the talk for the Parks Department is out there around the Seagull soccer fields. They're building a new indoor soccer arena or an indoor soccer field. Uh, and then more developments out there. Of course, you mentioned Cherry Lane and that extension of Cherry Lane. Uh, do we have an exact date of when that extension will occur of Cherry Lane? Uh, not, not, not an exact date um there's just a lot of again that that cherry lane extension is tied to some um, wetland permitting right and I kind of mentioned that at the on the daylighting of town creek so until we get all those permits worked out we can't really set a, a totally firm date but i will say uh, on the soccer complex you can everybody's i'm sure seen it uh, traveling up and down memorial boulevard but um They've got the roof panels finished on the 90,000-square-foot indoor soccer facility. They've, they're finishing up the panels on the walls. They're about to start doing the, the penetrations for the exhaust fans and door openings. So we're hoping to see that structure complete in April. Um, then we've got the mechanical, plumbing, and electrical trades that come in next, and then they'll finish the floor and install the turf. So we hope to have that fully complete by this summer. I think that's... Uh, I was told it was a little behind schedule, but uh, we're really hoping that they, you know, it looks like they're, the progress is going great um, and that they have the, hope to have that open by summer. And there's also going to be a, an office structure on site for the Tennessee State Soccer Association's office, right? I know that those bid documents are getting prepared. Um, we haven't bid that yet, but I think it's right on the cusp here in the next few weeks that we're going to get that out for bid. Um, but as far as Cherry Lane, you know, the phase two is really from uh, the Seagull Soccer Park over to Sulphur Springs Road. And then phase three is from Sulphur Springs uh, out to 840. 
Um, so that's in that's actually got right away acquisition. But phase two is going to be I don't want to call it stuck, but it's going to be delayed until we get that final permitting completed with the Corps of Engineers. Time right now, 837. We're going to take a short break. We'll take a look at the news and more. Then we'll come back and we'll get to your call or your question at 615-893-1450. Again, Darren Gore on the air with us this morning, the assistant city manager for the city of Murfreesboro. Again, more to come in just a minute. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off-Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off-Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street, online at tireworld.us. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. From the WGNSRadio.com News Center, a local news update with Josie Walker. The Rutherford County Director of Schools will not remain at the helm. During a school board meeting that was held on Monday, the board voted to end Bill Spurlock's contract. According to Tiffany Johnson, chair of the Rutherford County School Board, the Rutherford County School Board voted 7-0 to to end the director's uh, mutual agreement between the director and the school board to end his service with Rutherford County Schools effective June 30th, 2022. That is a year earlier than his current contract has allowed for him. Director Spurlock will end his current contract at the end of the school year on June 30th of this year, as opposed to June 30th of 2023. The search for a new director will get underway immediately. During the 18-minute meeting on Monday, one school board member asked if Spurlock would be allowed to hire and fire personnel during the remainder of his contract. Standing before the board, Attorney Jeffrey Reed stated, Continuing the role as director of schools through the remainder of his current term, so he will have hiring and firing authority through the end of the school term. However, we've, I've talked to Mr. Spurlock about that, and he has agreed to work with a new director of schools or interim director of schools to make new employment decisions with respect to the upcoming school year with the new director of schools. So he will involve a new interim director or new permanent director in regards to those decisions for the upcoming school year. Reed said that Spurlock will continue to have the authority to hire and fire employees, but will work with a new director or interim to make those decisions. School board member Tammy Sharp said that she does not foresee a new director in place by August. I don't know that any of us expect to replace or have a new superintendent by August. I think you're incorrect. The newly amended contract will officially come to a close on June 30th, 2022. However, his monthly pay will remain active until June 30th, 2023, which was the end of the date of his original contract with the Rutherford County Schools. It allows the director's position as director of schools to end one year earlier. 
It provides, under the terms of the original contract, we're required to pay him his compensation on a monthly basis for the remainder of the original contract terms. We're fulfilling our obligations in that regard. So that is the amendment you've got before you today. Spurlock was named the Rutherford County Director of Schools on July 1st, 2018. I happened to glance up and the clear sky was gone. Coast to coast, all night, every night. All I could see was something round and black. On WGNS AM FM online. When advisory will go into effect here Wednesday morning, mostly cloudy here this afternoon, a high in the low 70s, south winds gusting as high as 25 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 46. Good morning. Traffic's heavy, but it's moving. Let's keep it that way. 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area, headed towards Nashville. Lots of radar out here, up and down. Certain sections of 840 this morning. Be careful. Again, they're really cracking down. Hey, PensacolaBeach.com has everything you need to book your next getaway. Log on to PensacolaBeach.com. I'm Commander Chuck. You're on time traffic. If you have an auto loan, do you know the interest rate you're paying? Most people only look at the monthly payment when financing their car. If this sounds like you, then Heritage South Community Credit Union may be able to save you money. Right now, our auto refi special could help drop your rate when you refinance your auto loan from another institution. Visit our website, heritagesouth.org, to learn more. Remember, we help when others won't. Terms and conditions apply. In other news, the Tennessee Supreme Court has denied an appeal filed by a man convicted of first-degree murder in Rutherford County. In 2016, Cassius Dominique Ivory was one of the three men who were arrested by Murfreesboro police and charged with the death of 23-year-old Dante Johnson from Bartlett, Tennessee. Johnson was found dead with multiple gunshot wounds in the parking lot of the Vi apartment complex in Murfreesboro in March of 2016. Ivory was convicted by a jury in a 2019 trial under Judge David Bragg in a Rutherford County courtroom. He was convicted on one count of first-degree murder and one count of especially aggravated robbery. He was sentenced to life in prison. In a 2021 appeal filed by Ivory, he argued that the state failed to disclose a preferential agreement with a witness and failed to produce certain pretrial statements. Ivory also argued that the courts lacked evidence that was sufficient to support his convictions. The Court of Criminal Appeals didn't see it that way, and the Tennessee Supreme Court found that Ivory lacked evidence of any failure by the state or by the courts. Ivory, who lived in Humboldt, Tennessee, when the murder of Johnson occurred in Murfreesboro, will not be eligible for parole for another 54 years. At that point, he will be 83 years of age. A Rutherford County man who was reported missing several days ago was found deceased by campers on Sunday. 53-year-old Bobby Campbell of Weekly Lane in Rutherford County was found on Pool Knob Island in Percy Priest Lake. His body was near the Pool Knob Recreation Boat Ramp. The detective said that no signs of foul play were observed. Reporting for WGNS News, this is Josephine Walker. Join me, America's career coach Ken Coleman, weekdays live at noon here on News Radio WGNS for practical advice to help you discover the work you were born to do. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. News time right now, 8.45. You're tuned to WGNS on this Tuesday morning, today the 29th of March. And in studio with us this morning, Darren Gore with the city of Murfreesboro. He is the assistant city manager there. And, uh, you know, we have heard a lot about legacy sports. And there's been 
you know, a press conference held about the development of property out there on Broad Street, close to where Harley Davidson is, and really in between that and Interstate 840. Mm-hmm. That land, of course, has set as farmland for years. Right, right. But soon, I don't know how soon, there's going to be a big development out there. Yeah, so we're really excited about Legacy Sports. That was uh, something that, um, again, um, through through efforts, uh, our economic development group efforts, and the fact that Murfreesboro is sit, sitting in such a, a great location as far as being able to reach, I think, something it's 75% of the population within a 10-hour drive or something of that effect. Uh, I know the Chamber publishes that. I should probably know that better. But, uh, yeah, it's set right now. There's actually going to be a public hearing at City Council on April 7th uh, and for the first reading for annexing and zoning that, that 250 acres. And as you said, it's between uh, right at there at Broad and 840. Uh, zoned commercial uh, for a sports uh, and entertainment complex. So if anybody does have questions about that public hearing, they can call our planning department, and I'll throw that number out there real quick. at 615 615- Eight nine three six four four one. One of the reasons I'm here today doing this instead of Craig Tyndall, our city manager, is the fact that we did have a contingent or a group of folks go out to, to Mesa, Arizona, to see their existing uh, facility that they just completed uh, to kind of get a feel. There's nothing. There's nothing better. I mean, you can see it on paper and you can see the renderings all day long, but to go to an actual facility that's existing to see the lighting to see the traffic patterns to see the to to see hear the noises to really just kind of immerse yourself in what what you know what is this going to look like in Murfreesboro so I think they're going to come back with a great greater understanding and a greater um, just sensitivity to all the different things that are going to happen here in Murfreesboro because they've seen it out in Mesa so uh, you know, you name it, soccer, softball, baseball, pickleball, sand volleyball, basketball, gymnastics, cheer, volleyball, eSports. They've got a big eSports indoor uh, video gaming type type deal. And, and then there's going to be all the uh, supporting commercial restaurants. Uh, we are going to have to have more hotels. They're talking about several million people coming through this venue a year. Uh, again, I know traffic is a big concern. Uh, and, and we're going to do our best working with TDOT uh, to, to make sure that Broad Street and 840, we have some accommodation there. But um, it's going gonna, it's gonna to generate a lot of revenue for the city at the end of the day. I mean, uh, hotel, motel taxes and commercial sales tax, uh, commercial property tax and sales tax, that's, that's kind of a, a great thing for a city to – it takes – the burden off of the residential property taxes so it's a uh, it's a good thing and this massive sports complex with legacy sports it almost sounds well sounds similar to disney's wild world of sports which was a a location that has been known for years for like cheerleading championship events or tournaments uh, all types of stuff but it sounds very similar to that yeah i mean this uh, when i heard so it's an investment that they're putting in of almost of four of around four hundred million dollars to build this thing. So that's a, that's a huge investment and a lot of risk. So they have a high level of confidence that it's going to draw the, as you mentioned, it's going to draw national level um, tournaments 
And it's funny, I just found out recently, again, with the Seagull soccer, a lot of folks have said, well, is that going to detract from the, the, the city's or f- folks being drawn to the city facilities like the Seagull Soccer Complex, which is really a, you know, a state-of-the-art, wonderful soccer facility. But I think it's just going to be it's – it's going to – again, it's going to create – I think we're going to see more play and more national events coming in because we've got that city facility that's in close proximity to this uh, legacy sports facility. So, um, yeah, it's, it's – uh, I think they told us out in Mesa, Arizona, they had years' worth of – they'd already booked – out several years worth of their weekends for national and internet even some international tournaments coming in uh, to that facility so we hope to see the same here that'd be wild any idea on when construction is supposed to start for that massive venue well i don't know exact i know that they're, they're they obviously want to get it done as quickly as possible i think they want to have it open though by by 2024 so um that's going to be that's fast track right if you're talking that that level of facility and having it open in uh you know by 2024 so they're going to have to start construction pretty quick to 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 achieve that that end date i know in nearby nashville there are quite a few supporters of the idea of developing an indoor football arena for the tennessee titans Hmm. and if that were to occur has there been thought given to the idea of having that Titans arena closer <laughs> to Murfreesboro or actually uh, hey, in Murfreesboro? Hey, listen, man, uh, that's kind of the first I've heard of that, but I w- I'm sure we would be interested to uh, discuss that that concept with someone that would, <laughs> if they're willing to 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 uh, entertain the the notion of coming to Murfreesboro, I think we would absolutely want to sit down with them and talk talk through it and really it would not be that far-fetched because we do have land that could be used for a future titans arena kind of like in a well in atlanta where the braves moved out of actual atlanta and into marietta right with a brand new stadium there right right oh no i think i think um any any type of i mean the you, you hate to say that murph you know We've, we've talked about Murfreesboro being a brand, giving Murfreesboro a brand. And if it turns out that, that Murfreesboro brand becomes some type of sports, southern sports mecca uh, or southern sports, you know, uh, 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 destination, uh, I think we would embrace that and invite any and all takers that would want to come and, and invest money on, uh, on, on putting in type, some type of sports entertainment venue here in town. Again, with us this morning, Assistant City Manager Darren Gore. One of the other developments that is going to be coming soon is a gas station, truck stop that <laughs> most people can't imagine the size of. We're talking a massive truck stop, Joby Jackson Parkway at I-24. What What is it, and when will that be here? Well, it's not a truck stop. So so there, there's uh, – I've been to one – I've traveled between – Murfreesboro and Atlanta quite a bit and there's one that they just built in Calhoun Georgia and it's pretty unbelievable it's a Bucky's uh, and I guess it started out in Texas and it slowly migrated over here into the southeast but this is a 75,000 uh, square foot retail convenience store um, and it's got 120 fuel dispensers wow. so it's it's expected to generate about 5 million customers per year and I will tell you, when I went to the one in Calhoun, it is unbelievable. 
they they have uh, you know jerky and and uh, their pulled brisket sandwiches and they've got certain brands in there that people definitely gummy bear of all things gummy bears my son wanted me to grab him he heard that the gummy bears that they make at Bucky's is wonderful so I grabbed him a couple of bags of those but they have they have created they have actually created their 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 stores to be kind of a destination people will stop um and kind of um arrange their travel or where their gas uh filling up their gas tanks are where there's a bucky's located at a particular interchange so all i can say is uh, if anybody is traveling to atlanta stop at that one in calhoun's and just to get a get an idea of it but it's going to be it's 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 kind of a, a, a costco level type venue with just a lot of gas pumps it sounds pretty massive to say the <laughs> least <laughs> another item the murphy's bro airport and their relationship with mtsu that is going to change over the years to come because we know that mtsu is going to move their airplanes and their their classroom space for their aerospace program all of that to the shelbyville airport right. and out of murphy's bro so what does that mean for the murphy's bro airport well it's 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 been an interesting uh dialogue i guess you could call it with mtsu um there was just such a significant proportion of the capacity that was being taken up by mtsu at at the murfreesboro airport that uh the the initial dialogue was we've got to talk about limiting capacity here because it's 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 disallowing certain other airport customers in Murfreesboro to, to, uh, you know, have the luxury of, of that facility or use, use that facility in the, in, in their in the highest and best use. So, um, from that standpoint, you know, MTSU has an agenda that they want to, they want to create pilots. They want to, they want to educate pilots, maintenance technicians, and they needed, they needed a, a location where that capacity kind of wasn't, they weren't going to be hit on a capacity ceiling. They were going to be allowed to grow. So I think at the end of the day, um, there just was the transition of, hey, Shelbyville's a more rural airport. It's not as busy as Murfreesboro. They have a lot of surplus capacity to serve a program uh, that MTSU wants to continue to, to grow and to uh, make larger, right, more students. So um, we've just worked out it's going to be over a, a several-year period. I think a lot of it is contingent on the governor's budget. I think there's a $57 million uh, earmark for uh, MTSU transitioning over into the Shelbyville Airport. But I do have some, some other kind of good news is that based on the capacity that we were having, the, the, the capacity uh, kind of make maybe the growing pains, uh, Murfreesboro Aviation and the University created some standard operating procedures um, to to address some of the concerns that were you know raised by the users of the airport and the neighbors. So what they've done is these policies and procedures have reduced the number of operations at Murfreesboro by over twenty percent, right? Uh, while the number of flight hours uh, at MTSU have increased. So there's been some optimization. Uh, by implementing some policies and procedures out there where we've gained some capacity and allowed more flight hours for MTSU students and at the same time reducing the number of operations there at the airport. So that's 
that's going to be our goal over the, uh, the city's goal over the next few years during the transition is to continue to be as, as efficient and effective as possible with the number of operations while also trying to accommodate you know mtsu's growth and of course murphy's bros airport is around i think 200 or so acres shelbyville 600 acres right big difference there mtsu looking at purchasing 25 acres out there at the at the shelbyville airport so it, it will be i i mean there's definitely room for growth there's it at the end of the day you know you you, you want what's best for everyone mtsu is a great partner with the city and again, when you go through growing pains, um, sometimes you have to have tough. I, I think the mayor said this great. Mayor McFarland says, when you have tough um, challenges, you have to have tough conversations. Um, you can't just continue the modus operandi. I just can't continue to operate as normal and, and kind of ignore the, the, the challenges or the problems that you're facing. You got to come in and address them. And we're all professionals, and at the end of the day, we can professionally solve the problem and come up with what's best for everybody. And as we close this morning, we only have about two minutes left, but the city budget, that, that is something that Murphy's Bro, the city council, they're, they're going through right now. And with that being said, what does the city budget look like for the upcoming <laughs> 2023 year? Well, so we are going through a, uh, a reappraisal year, which is mean, which means, you know, everyone's property assessment is re, is being reassessed, and, and in all likelihood, everybody's property values are going up, especially in the market we've got today. But I, I kind of really want to stress this one particular point that while people will likely see their home values increase, the equalization laws that the city has to abide by. We can't profit from a reappraisal, meaning if the property values go up on the appraisal process, our effective tax rate has to go down so that we we do not profit. We basically um, equalize what the revenue we generated from four years ago, we're, or we're generating that same revenue now. So a lot of times people may think that the reappraisal, hey, my home went up 20%. That means my property taxes are going to go up 20%. Well, it doesn't work that way. Um, there's an equalization criteria that the city has to abide by. But, and as in all budget issues, there's just a lot of challenging. People need things. Our departments are coming forward with Erin Tucker, and she's having to, you know, we're, we're trying to give everything everybody needs to get the job done but at the same time balance the budget and that's always a tough situation so i, I guess we'll hear more about that in the very near future uh, right you got to have it all solved by what june yeah uh, it'll have to go before our council sometime the first reading i think is typically in uh, end of may and they'll have a second reading at, in the beginning of june to be effective july 1. Again, Darren Gore with us with the City of Murfreesboro, and you're tuned in to WGNS Murfreesboro. Local news comes your way next.